During this teaching, we're going to delve a little bit deeper uh, into the mind of Cain, of Cain, and uh, try to understand why he did what he did, and we're going to try to understand what his mistake was a little bit deeper than last time. And hopefully we're going to learn some lessons about the service of God. Okay, here we go. Let's begin with a question, a very fundamental question. And that is, we see in the story of Cain and Havel and, and Cain, of Cain and Abel that God spoke to Cain. He came to him and he said, Why, why have you become angry? Why have you become despondent? Etc. So we know from the teachings of Maimonides, of the Rambam, that uh, for someone to be a prophet, they must have reached high levels of understanding of divinity, they have to have perfected their actions and their character, they have to be, even in certain ways, physically uh, perfected, their bodies, etc. Wasn't Cain a prophet? Doesn't Hashem here speak to Cain? If that's the case, he couldn't have been some simpleton. He couldn't have been um, just uh, some type of uh, ignoramus. So how can we explain Cain and Cain's behavior? How can we understand it? Why did he bring uh, um, an offering from random fruits? Why did he work the ground? Why did he embrace his instincts? Why did he do these things? To answer this question, we have to go back to the beginning, the very beginning. We have to go back to the story of Adam Arishon, of uh, first man, Adam. Not going to get involved into exactly what uh, Adam's sin was, we're going to take it just simply, he didn't listen to God, and he ate from the Eitz Hadas, from the uh, Tree of Knowledge. What I want to focus on is what resulted, what changed in the world uh, due to Adam's sin. In the chapter there in Genesis, it tells us that after the uh, sin of eating from the Tree of Knowledge, that Adam and Eve looked at each other, Adam and Chava. They saw each other's nakedness. And they were ashamed. They never saw their nakedness before. They had no clothes on. So, the point is, it's not that they never noticed that they were unclothed. In fact, we know that um, Adam was a great intellect and was a, an incredibly powerful neshama. He was the root soul of all the future souls to come. He, the Midrash says that he saw from one end of the earth to the other. Therefore, it wasn't that he didn't see his wife's nakedness, she didn't see his nakedness, or that he, was unaware, that he didn't realize that he was wearing no clothes. point was as follows. After the sin of the tree of knowledge, the entire world, meaning the physical world, changed. Up until now, all of the physical world showed godliness in a revealed way. That means 
that all the physical creation somehow was imbued with a feeling that you know this was created by God. It didn't hide God's presence. It didn't have the same quality of independence, of coarseness, of separateness from God that it has today. Today it takes a lot of meditation, a lot of thought and work to really, really feel and recognize that the physical world is only a reflection of God's glory. Without that work, the physical world comes in conflict with the spiritual. It's not consonant with the spiritual. And this is what Adam and Eve noticed when they saw each other's nakedness. Suddenly, they felt lust. Suddenly, they felt a conflict within themselves, stimulated by their physicality, by their bodies. They never experienced that before. In the past, seeing each other's bodies, they just saw, wow, look at that being created in the image of God. That's all they saw. They didn't see a body that stimulated um, lusts or self-centered desires. That's not what it stimulated. They didn't see animals uh, that stimulated feelings of uh, uh, violence or wild behavior. No. All of the natural world was higher, more sensitive, more connected to the divine, but no longer after the sin of the tree of knowledge. Cain was trying to rectify the sin of Adam. Cain worked the earth. The earth was that which was cursed through the sin of the tree of knowledge, but Cain worked the earth because he believed it was redeemable, because he believed through engaging with it, celebrating it. Through that, he believed that he could reconnect it to its source. Now, the Hasidic masses tell us that Noah attempted a very similar thing. After emerging from the ark, Noah planted a grapevine. He made wine and unfortunately eventually became drunk. Now the Hasidic masters teach us that Noah was attempting to rectify the sin of Adam. The Talmud tells us in at least one opinion that the tree of knowledge was a grape, grapevine, that the fruit of the tree of knowledge was a grape. Noah was attempting to rectify that sin. However, Cain and Noah made the same error. It wasn't that their objective was wrong. No, the objective was right. The sin of Adam had to be rectified. And the physical world needs to be raised up to its original state of closeness to God, to a place where it doesn't conflict with a revelation of God and God's will. However, it was the approach that was wrong. What does Noah do? 
Noah plants this grape and then he drinks the wine and he becomes drunk. So what is he doing? He's celebrating the physical. Again, and what does Cain do? What does Cain do? He works the field, just the very thing that was cursed. He celebrates the thing that was cursed. And he brings to God an offering from all types of fruit. Why does he do that? Because he doesn't recognize the difference between fruit that is no longer proper to bring before God, that you could say at this state of existence is irredeemable and is no longer sacred, and between that which is choicest and first, which is sacred. He doesn't discern. To him, he's trying to bring out the fact to celebrate the physicality. Yes, the physical is the handiwork of God too. And if I only celebrate it and only engage in it with the thought that this is from God, this will rectify the sin of Adam. However, Cain was wrong and Noah was wrong. The only way that the sin of Adam Arishon, of first man, can be rectified, now in the current situation, now that the physical world has become coarse and hides God's presence, is to subjugate the world, is to nullify the physical world with the spiritual. If we put the spiritual above the physical, and we use the physical in the world towards spiritual ends, that's how we raise up the physical environment around us and our very phys- and our physical bodies as well. Not through celebration, but through discipline and through limitation and through sanctification, using it only for spiritual needs, for spiritual purposes, so that the body becomes a means to a spiritual end, not an end in itself. And that is why God rejects Cain's offering and embraces Hevel's. Hevel understood the state of the physical world, and that's reflected in his name, Hevel. Hevel means futility. Emptiness. He understood that the physical world had an element of futility in it, as King Solomon states in Kohelas. The only time in the world in its present coarse physical state can be raised up and returned to its source is through realizing its coarseness, through realizing how It comes in conflict so often with God's will and putting the physical in submission to the spiritual. That's why Hevel only brought from the choices. He realized that there were portions of the physical world that would have to be completely rejected and that could not be offered and would not be deemed sacred. No, it's not that everything is sacred. It's not everything is good. There are things that are irredeemable in the world at this point. And it's only through their rejection and realizing that they don't belong at all that they can actually be raised up.